You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From Los Angeles, California, and Maria Menounos, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Spotlight On is a long-form interview series featuring actors and TV personalities. And now, from the world's number one TV after-show platform, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Hello, AfterBuzzers. My name is Jillian Leff, and I'm here today bringing you Spotlight On with a very special guest. Some of you may know him as John Darling, a.k.a. Glasses from Once Upon a Time, or Jace from ABC Family Switched at Birth. Everyone, please welcome to the studio, Matt Kane. Hello. How are you doing today? Very well. It's great to be here. So this is going to be a lovely, relaxed conversation. Good. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> um, so first, I want to talk about Once Upon a Time, because I know that um, a lot of the fans were tweeting me today, uh-huh. specifically about your character and just how obsessed they are yeah. uh, with, with your character. Uh, so I kind of wanted to know if you knew the fairy tale of Ra- of um, Peter Pan before the show. I did, absolutely. I loved Peter Pan. Um, yeah, I had, the, I had a big VHS collection of Disney films uh, that I used to watch when I was young, and one of my favorites was Peter Pan. Now, did you think that your one of your favorite fairy tales would take such a dark turn on a show? I guess not. I mean, it, it, yeah, they're very creative um, with what they do. Uh, so I, I had no idea that they were going to do that. I didn't know that Peter Pan could be such an awful person, really, in so many ways. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, so can you talk to me about the the days that you were on set? You know, who were kind of the castmates that you sort of got along with the best? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got on very well with James, um, who played my brother. Um, and I think that we, we were on the same flight going out to Vancouver when we were shooting. I didn't know who was going to be playing my brother. Um, and of course, I was really hoping that we would, we would really get on. Um, so we saw each other on the flight and then got to the hotel and I think we, we clocked each other in the airport as well there was something when we were getting our, our like Canadian work visas um, we like saw each other in the line and we kind of gave each other a look like oh this is taking <laughs> such a long time and we just kind of just obviously I had no idea who he was but um, and he didn't know who I was but we we saw each other at the hotel and he was like you know checking in at the same time as me he was like oh uh glasses right and i was like yeah you yeah. look like you could be my brother yeah so i was like oh okay great perfect <laughs> the fans love it because they sort of i was on, i was searching on tumblr today and they sort of have like a bromance thing going on yeah between I, you two i think that we're a little bit responsible for that because we we started like hashtagging a, a bromance after a lot of the tweets between each other and about the show when we're talking about the darlings and um it kind of took on. So, yeah, I'm really, I, I feel slightly responsible. I'm proud of it. Like it. <laughs> uh, so how has the fan response been? Because Once Upon a Time is such a huge show. The Oncers are, you know, all over all types of social media. So mm-hmm. when you, when your first episode came out, you know, what was the response? Um, it was a wonderful response. I mean, I, it's weird. Once Upon a Time was a show when I first came to LA, um, I would see billboards and posters and it's such a big TV and film town so you see so much going on right. to do with the industry and one of the posters I saw was Once Upon a Time um I've always loved Robert Carlyle um yes. like so many train spotting like so many films but um I 
saw him and I saw the, the the way that show looked and I kind of saw it and wondered maybe if I'll be working on something like that eventually in LA. I didn't know it was just kind of a um you know like a, a passing thought when I was when I was looking at all the different things so it's something right. that stood out to me. Um so uh yeah being on it was kind of it was kind of exciting it was something special about it actually um and the response was yeah everyone was very kind can you take me through uh you know when you auditioned to when you actually booked it sort of what you were feeling during that time yeah um well this particular audition process was very quick it was like i i was actually i was in canada i was in toronto and then i flew back to la i was here for like two days um I got the audition through for once. I didn't know exactly who the character was going to be at this point. It was just called Glasses, so I knew I had to wear glasses for the audition. Um, the scenes were quite... It was hard to read into. It didn't really give anything away. Um, but I went and did a read uh, with the casting director in the room, and then I'm trying to remember if it was that afternoon, like literally a couple hours after I left, or the next afternoon that they you know my manager rang and asked me how it went mm -hmm. and I'm pretty honest with him at this right. point like if I'm not that happy with something I'll say you know I, I feel like I could have done something a bit different mm -hmm. or I, I'm not hugely pleased with what I did so actually I said that I was like I'm not actually sure with what I did in that one I mean I, it was fine but like I don't know uh yeah I don't know we'll right. see and then he was like oh, okay well uh you booked it so and I was like <laughs> oh okay weird like just... well then I did great <laughs> yeah I guess I don't know it was it's very strange like it's so hard to read that to read how you're how you come across and what people think of you um but yeah I mean it didn't really hit home until we started shooting until I kind of really got to know how big the fan base is mm -hmm. and and uh and the scale of the show. I mean, it's it's such massive. A, it's massive. It's huge. Like the the way they shoot, they shoot on these huge. You know, in the studios, they have massive sets and mm -hmm. like like a real like pirate ship, like a life size ship, right. and like just the everything's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, the oh stuff they have gosh. around you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I can't even believe it. Yeah. I I think that you know my reaction would be stunned because again, like you're in LA, you see all of these posters, and you really haven't heard of the show, but it's sort of everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Lucked out. Absolutely. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. I feel very fortunate to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so your character was kind of like a hipster twist yeah. to John Darling because I don't know from the fairy tale that I remember, uh, he was mostly in a nightgown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Night, and a top hat, actually. A top hat. Yes. A top hat. Yeah. Um, so was his styling similar to your personal style? Um, in ways, I think that yeah it takes a lot of effort it took a lot of effort to get dressed for that show in in that there were so many layers and there was so much going on and i love that i I think it was so much fun um and i mean the costume department on that show are incredible they really are um i think they've won a ton of awards and they're just they're just really they know what they're doing um and i suppose i i did dress a little bit like that mm -hmm. when i went in to read for it um and then when i went to try on the clothes they had i think it was just it just kind of they had fun i think dressing us up and right. really just kind of putting a hipster twist on it and the glasses process was really fun we had like there was like 15 to 20 pairs of glasses and we were trying on loads of them and you know taking photographs of all of them and showing right. them to adam and eddie the creators mm -hmm. and like just kind of uh getting feedback and figuring out and also asking what i was interested in and there were actually so many of, them, uh, of the glasses were round and john's glasses in peter pan in the animation and most of the times you see him depicted they're, they're round glasses mm -hmm. So most of the glasses were, in fact, round, but uh, the square ones that we ended up going with, um, just kind of, we just we all like them. Like they're so cool, actually. They're they're. Really... I mean, they look like you wear them all the time. 
Well, thank you. That's You're kind welcome. of you. Um, so I have to ask this because fans were asking me all day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that there's a possibility that you would come back to the show, whether it be in that role or a different role? Um, there's always a possibility. It's hard to say. Um, I think that they they can do whatever they want with those storylines and they're so complex and there are mm-hmm. so many characters. I mean, Disney, like you have this repertoire of amazing, like the, the, the amount of people that they can play with and um, to be kind of established as John Darling in that show now is, is a really wonderful thing because there's always that possibility. You know, they can always um, reopen a, a storyline or kind of, they introduce something, you know, I don't know, right. in, in, in the past in, in a flashback, um, you know, where John and Michael were quite heavily involved in what, Pan was doing mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean that opportunity is always there so you essentially played pan's henchman yeah right kind of, yeah so how was it doing his dirty work uh oh because you mean, were doing it with good intentions yeah it kind of it was it was a lot of fun um <laughs> to play like a to play a bad guy i don't often actually i suppose i do play people with like an edge i mm-hmm. guess i have done a couple of times but yeah it was it was fun to really like play up the villain thing and to have a gun that was a lot of fun so me and james both having our, our guns we felt you know on top <laughs> of the world it was amazing so uh yeah we did we did all we could to uh be as sinister as possible um i don't know if we're the most sinister looking people though so that was kind of difficult but we you know it was it was awesome um for a minute until you realized that obviously we're actually doing good and actually that's that's better deep down that's kind of nice that, yeah you know the surprise with the audience. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I want to transition from once to Switched at Birth. Mm-hmm. Um, the last Spotlight On interview I did was with Katie LeClaire. Yeah. Um, and I know that you worked heavily with her. You were yeah. sort of her love interest, her summer fling yeah, on the yeah, show. Right. Um, so I was watching a few of the episodes that you were in, and I noticed how quickly you picked up sign language. Um, so what was that process like for you to learn? Because did you know it beforehand? No, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I couldn't do the alphabet. I couldn't do, I know some people here, like some of my friends can do the alphabet. Um, Mm. and I just couldn't do anything. I sort of always was aware of course of sign language, but, um, I didn't know that I was going to be signing really like as, as heavily as I ended up signing Mm -hmm. for the show, um, in the audition process. There was a little bit, they alluded to that a little bit that I would, that I would sign to kind of impress, um, Katie's character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it came on very heavily, like quickly. I think after the first, the first episode where I say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to sign in like a, in a month, I think. Right. And, um, I didn't have a month. I had like a week to learn. <laughs> so like it was, it was, it went from, yeah, from saying that to working intensively with, um, with Jack Jason, this, this, the sign coach, like the sign master on the show, mm-hmm. um, who's just so wonderful. He's such an amazing teacher. So I think he's really the reason I was able to, you know, to pick it up. And we worked really hard. Like it wasn't easy, but, um, we could focus specifically on the scenes that mm-hmm. were, you know, it wasn't like I had to learn everything. I just had to right. learn what, what, what was in the scenes. And then, um, eventually it just got easier because I would remember, oh, that, you know, that's that. And that, you know, I need, and then I'd know what the signs were for, for various scenes. So I'd come back and I'd try and impress Jack, like by like the third <laughs> or fourth episode, I'd be like, oh yeah. So I worked out actually like in this scene. So I'd be doing this and I like do all the signs that, you know, that I would remember. And he'd be like, that's great. Really good memory. And, you know, I just, it just, it just kind of developed, but, um, but yeah, I did. I had to learn quite fast. Did you mentally store any of it? Or as soon as the show wrapped, you were like, Woo, forget no, everything. I, no, I definitely stored some of it. And I try like I try to remember it like that's try and like I try what and is do, try try 
try. I really hope I got that right. <laughs> if I didn't, that is horrendous, and I'm so sorry. But I think no. that's try. Um, and uh, yeah, I I actually I bumped into someone else who worked on the show the other day, um, and she's like a she's like a secondary sign consultant on the show. Mm-hmm. So, and she was sat with a bunch of people, and they were discussing a short film, and they were all signing. Um, some of them were deaf, some of them were hearing, and they were they were all talking in sign though to kind of figure out the show mm-hmm. and they started signing to me because they were like oh from the show oh great yeah and they started signing at me really quickly <laughs> and you were like uh... yeah I was like I don't, I, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> like I can't remember but um but yeah it, I do I do store some of it and I don't want to forget it I really do actually right. want to try and and with Jack as well um we actually we got plans to meet at some point soon and I think when we do when we go have lunch or something I really want to try and just sign with him the whole time or as much as I can and just like keep it keep it in my head that's um, it's a wonderful skill it's something I totally didn't expect so, so uh, you're also a barista on the show so did yeah. you have to learn any of those skills oh my god I'm the clumsiest person in the world I'm the clumsiest person in the world so I, those were the hardest scenes so difficult <laughs> signings way is it, well for me I, I would spill coffee way quicker than I would you know learn the alphabet uh, well wait whatever you know what I mean I'm terrible I'm terrible with uh, with drinks and with anything so um yeah, picking me as a barista was kind of a kind of a long shot, but I, I made it work. I think I pretended well. Right. Yeah. You kind of displayed your own sort of worldly charm onto Daphne. I guess so. Um, so what are some of the things you think you taught her? Because she sort of tried to teach you how to swim. She, <laughs> you know, she you, you learned how to sign for her. So what do you think that you taught her? Uh, I Besides think... geocaching. Yeah, geocaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would actually love to do some geocaching. Actually, I have. I've done a bit of geocaching. A tiny bit. Yeah, before I did the show. Like For the like, viewers, what exactly is geocaching? Because I know what geo- it is. Geocaching is um, it's a form of... It's like a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. Like a like a long form of treasure hunt. Like you, you can look at this network, I guess, online. And there's mm-hmm. lots of forums where people will bury boxes with like little toys or trinkets or, right. or notes or like cool things um, wherever like all over the world actually Mm -hmm. there's just so many of them now and you can find the coordinates on a map of where they are and you can travel to them and you know leave a trinket take a trinket like write something down and you you can do that all over the place like it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing um so i think it's a lot of fun and it was kind of cool that i could yeah i could pretend that i was an experienced geocacher yeah (laughs) so besides that what else do you think you taught her um i think i I think in the show, uh, Daphne often learns to be wary of, of certain guys. Like she sort of, she, she gets, she gets caught up in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it seems all wonderful, but I think it's important that to know that, you know, that, that people have flaws. Um, and Jace probably ultimately felt like he was right the whole time. He thought that what he was doing was right. And he thought that it was important and and that someone who was, you know a hypocrite and 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 kind of creepy and just like you know the chip koto like the the senator who Mm -hmm. was who was uh you know sleeping with an intern that's really that's something that he just couldn't stand for and i think he never like i said he never really felt like he was getting her into anything that was that was wrong Mm -hmm. you know um but and and that's that was an important lesson for her character i think to sort of to see that the passion that someone can have in in their beliefs but um but to also just be aware that if you push it too far you know that there's there it gets a bit unethical and and tricky when uh you know when jace kind of does push it too far um yeah it was uh it was it was it was really interesting actually it was a really interesting kind of journey to take Um, i mean your whole storyline i just you know 
it, you reached an ultimate end, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about your first kiss in the pool, yeah. which was so steamy, Matt. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I want to know what your first on-camera kiss was like, because I don't think that was your first on-camera kiss. No, that wasn't my first. <laughs> you mean first ever? First on-camera kiss ever. First on-camera ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Uh... It was in England. I did a show um, called The Cut. It was mm-hmm. a BBC show that I did for a couple of years. And um, my character, I think, like, within the first week of shooting, I had to kiss two different girls and, like, make it look like I was super cool and, like, really easy with that. And just, like, it was it was second nature. Um, but, no, it was very nerve-wracking and strange um, to have to do that and to make it look natural. Um, but I think, like anything in acting, you just kind of you pick that up as part of your repertoire as part of what you can you can just kind of do and and make seem comfortable like mm-hmm. anything else you know in a scene so um but no initially I was I was kind of nervous about it and awkward very much awkward about it and it was important to kind of say okay so I'm going to put my hands on your shoulders and then, <laughs> you know you plan everything it wasn't natural right, in the slides right. it was very much like okay so and then I'm going to okay we're going to touch like this and at kids three seconds for like you know it was like a very oh, it sounds good yeah it was very like uh it was we, we planned it out um and actually that maybe made it easier it probably didn't look as good initially but um it made it easier um I know that Katie's a doll because I've met her, but yeah. did you have the opportunity to meet her before you sort of, you know, were you were you tested together or it was just they brought you in? No, um, we weren't tested. We So I read for the role um, and I actually read in American, in like an American accent. And then... Um, Can you do your American accent while you're telling oh, me this? Or and just maybe say... I'll try. So, okay. uh, so I did the first... Um, the first audition in my American and then I went and she said to me in the room the casting director she said can you do it in British as well because I'd met her before for a different role in the show like a year okay, ago okay you can be British again thank you <laughs> thank you so much I was like when are you going to save me from that um, I have to do it all the time but it's it funny when great. you're when you're it put on the great. spot Ugh, no. thank you um, tell me the rest please <laughs> yeah no we uh, so I did so I did it in an American accent then uh, I was asked to do it in British accent and I got a call back um, just to meet Lizzie, the producer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, other producers, and just kind of, um, you know, do do the same scenes I'd done before. But it wasn't with Katie; it was just me um, doing the same scenes, or maybe there was like one extra. Um, and that was it. After that, I had the role, um, okay. but I didn't know where it was going to go. I knew that I knew vaguely that uh, it was going to be probably a story that that was oriented around a, a love interest with Katie's character, mm-hmm. but I didn't know for sure. Um, but after I got the role, I think quite soon after that, I went up to the to where they shoot in uh, Santa Clarita, and I um, I met Katie. I think on like the first day I was there, like doing hair and makeup tests mm-hmm. and wardrobe tests and things like that. Um, and they were lovely, like immediately, seriously. Everyone is so so nice right. on that show and so welcoming. So I think it, they actually said to me, like Katie and, and uh, Vanessa were like oh, I don't know who you're for. Which one are you for? I, can't, I don't know what you're <laughs> going to be. Like, they don't know, because I don't know if they knew at that point, like, right. which boy, you know, right. was going to be for which character. Um, but I kind of knew, and I was like, I don't know. I just kind of played it dumb. Like, I wasn't really sure what was going on. But, um, yeah, no, I, got to, I got to know them all very well. They're, they're lovely. Uh, so at the end of your storyline on the show, um, you were sort of carted off and left open-ended per se yeah um so do you think that jace might make a return i mean katie's love circle is 
is ever-changing. It is ever-changing. She's, like, in love with RJ Mitty now from yep. Breaking Bad. Yep. And, you know, we never know what's going to happen. Do you think that Jace will scoot his way back in? He could do. I mean, I don't know uh, on what terms he left with immigration. You know, I was like, going to say. He, he's, he's, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm a dual citizen. I'm, like, like Matt, I'm a dual citizen. Jace, I don't know um, whether he is or not. And if he's not, obviously, it can be quite difficult to right. get back into the country is if he's bribed a senator like that's kind of a big deal um trouble trouble uh yeah kind of trouble i mean i think the fans are really hoping that you do come back though yeah maybe i mean it's like i said with with once as well it's always open-ended like there's no you can never say never a bit of a Peter Pan reference but you like, heard you... it first fans never <laughs> say never yeah he's keeping you hanging mm-hmm. uh so i want to transition from sort of the television work that you've done to your journey mm-hmm. and how you sort of got here so um when was the first moment that you knew you wanted to act? Um, that I loved pretending and playing and just kind of being silly when I was a kid. And uh, I kind of just enjoyed, I suppose, that was acting in a way. That's what acting is in a sense. Like right. I was doing that when I was really young. And um, I... I guess when I was nine years old, I asked my parents. My mum was an opera singer. She had singing students as well. She used to teach singing. And some of those students would go to drama classes. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother also went to drama classes locally. My dad's a theatre actor. So okay. it was kind of around me. And I, I grew up sort of seeing it and just kind of being aware of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked when I was nine, I asked my mum uh, if one of her students could maybe recommend me or suggest or, or or get me an audition actually at one of these these drama class Bold. yeah these classes in in the city in bristol i'm from bristol okay. southwest england um so i went and auditioned for that you know for itv workshop it was called and um i got a place and then i just started going to classes actually like a week after i got a place at the workshop I was asked to audition for a TV show um, okay. for a Channel Four, like this. This, you know, Channel Four is uh, one of the terrestrial networks on TV in England, mm-hmm. and um, I was asked to audition to play Henry VIII's son, um, mm-hmm. Edward VI, as a nine-year-old, having no idea what I was doing. So I went, I think, with my mum to the audition, probably like a week later, um, just very oblivious, like kind of met them. I don't really remember what happened, but I didn't mm-hmm. have to act. I think I just went to go meet them. Right. And uh, my cheeks were certainly chubbier, so I could play. <laughs> I could play Henry's son believably, and. Um, yeah, I I got that part. So then I ended up being on set when I was nine um, for a couple of weeks doing a couple of episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just staring in the camera. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was right. just kind of like, it was it was like a docudrama. So there was, okay. there was, there was uh, like factual stuff. And then they would dramatize some of the, some of Henry VIII's life mm-hmm. and his family. Um, so I spent a lot of time just kind of being unsure of what I was doing, but just kind of taking it all in and wearing obviously ridiculous, amazing uh, like royal clothing, but what an amazing boot camp! I yeah, mean, like, I come on, so, yeah. you're you're literally thrown to the wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I mean, you um, did it. I guess so. I did it. I mean, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, and I think after that, you know, I just continued going to the, the workshop, and I loved it so much. It uh-huh. was like my favorite time of the week was to go to that, and uh, it was it was really like the very foundation of the building blocks that led to to me taking it seriously and wanting to pursue it because. Mm-hmm we worked a lot with cameras in the workshop it was a television oriented workshop so we would um you know we'd film scenes that we were working on mm-hmm. and then watch them back and and look at what we did and we did this from like the age of 9 you know so every week you're working with cameras and you're talking about your your performance and things that you can change and and alter and working with scripts and it it's it really like that whole process is just like a 
it was invaluable. It was just amazing. So is um, this why British TV is so good? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean... <laughs> because I'm a fan of Luther. Like, I love Luther. You know, I really want to watch Luther. I've heard <sighs> so many times that it's amazing and I've never seen it, but I really... Idris gonna... Elba. Yeah, yeah, I love Idris Elba. Is oh it, my is gosh. It amazing? Yeah, he it's... terrifies me yeah. and it's thrilling and it's so real. I had wow. to stop watching it because I got so nervous that these situations could happen to me. You need to watch it. Oh my god! Sir. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, I, get yeah, on the I BBC, will. all right? Absolutely. And I Doctor know. Who. Doctor Who, of course, you know, is a classic, major yeah. fandom. Every every Christmas, every <laughs> Christmas, there's a big special in England, and everyone watches it. So, um, when did you get uh, the job at the Cut, the drama? So I uh, I was auditioning for like drama schools in England when I was uh, 17, I guess. So. I was auditioning for them and I kind of decided I'd done a, a little bit of TV work here and there in England and then a lot of short films and mm-hmm. just like just theatre and whatnot. And then I had an agent um, who was putting me out occasionally for things and just kind of seeing, you know, what was around. Uh, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, I was hoping I would get work, but obviously I was thinking, you know, I'll go to drama school, I'll spend three years there and I'll see what right. happens after that. Um, but that was, the cut was just one of those auditions and I, I went in and it was actually for like a, I think it was a four-part online, like, 10-minute segments of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, story, and that was all it was going to be at the start. So I auditioned for that, and it was awesome. I got it, and it was it was very exciting. Um, I actually left the school exam for the callback, for, like, the <laughs> producer session thing. Um, I went and read, like, at some point, and then maybe, like, six months later, seriously, like, a long time later after that, I got a phone call um, from my agent at the time saying you really you need to go to london like you uh they want you to meet the producer and, the, and wow. the writer and to talk about it and they're really interested in you for this character i was like oh okay. you know like really just like couldn't remember i was like what was that for yeah. like i couldn't remember it um but then i went i went up to london and my art teacher at the time uh we were in the middle of this art this fine art exam so i was like uh-huh. painting you do these long exams the gcse's in england where um you you spend like hours i can't remember it's two days it's like a 15 hour exam or like a 10 hour exam or something maybe 10 like you do just two solid days of work and in the middle of that she just let me go she was like well it sounds like you have to go so you're an opportunity you know you have to take it so she she, like really believed in you yeah so cool and so just i think a lot of people at my school were were supportive of that because i was going to auditions and stuff and they understood and they were just i mean some obviously we're better than others about that and more flexible but she was just so cool and so happy for me to do that so um so yeah i went when i was 17 that was and i and i met the the creator of the show and the executive producer the producer the director like everyone and Mm -hmm. it was just a very long sort of talk and then i did some work with them and then they kind of almost offered it to me in the room actually it was it was really cool so if you could compare it to maybe like a canadian show or an american show have you ever seen degrassi yeah is it kind of like that kind of yeah yeah yeah. it's like Um, teen drama yeah exactly it's been compared to degrassi before okay um and you know like a like a it's kind of like yeah it's a teen drama Mm -hmm. like 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 gossip girl or like it's got elements of a ton of different things and uh like uh it's kind of like Skins. People were saying it's like the BBC's answer to Skins. Skins was a Channel Four production, mm-hmm. and the BBC hadn't had like a teen drama like right. that. So they that was their that was what they were trying to do. You know, it was their kind of answer to Skins, like a slightly less racy, but it was because uh, it was the BBC. You know, they had to be right. a bit more careful. Right. But, um, <laughs> but that was yeah, it was it was a teen drama, and it, it went on for a while. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did. I was working on it for a couple of years and did like I think there were in total something around forty episodes wow. in total. And in England, that's a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Over in in the states, 
um, shows can run for a very long time and they have you know huge huge seasons are commissioned and that's just that's the way it works here in England it's it's less often that's the case you know they um, they make maybe you know they'll make like five or, or six or something and then they might do another six and they're just they're, right. a lot, they're a lot more careful about it I don't know all the reasons why but um, but the cut was kind of rare in the sense that they they budgeted so that they could you know just spread it out and we had like like I did 32 of the 40 episodes I mm-hmm. think um, and we shot in a very like it was it was like an indie film like the whole thing was like an indie film in the coolest way I love indie film and I love working on indie films and um and it was so cool like the, the director Sarah Walker was kind of the head of that initially like heading that kind of style of shooting and mm-hmm. it was all very on the fly and kind of guerrilla sometimes and it was like it was so awesome that the BBC let us do that right so it was kind of it felt like something special we were all part of and then it just kept going you know it was just like oh we're going to do more we're going to do more and it just it kind of developed like I said it started like a four part online thing and then right. it expanded to like a two year TV thing it was on BBC Two um, on Saturdays and just kind of grew so so was that show what made you transition and move here um no not okay. exactly I think I always knew that um I would like to move here at some point or try it out here to see what was around because mm-hmm. um, I was a, I'm a citizen I'm a dual citizen so um you know it was always something I knew would be on the table eventually um but after I did that show I stayed in London and I just continued auditioning and I was just very much in the thick of that I was mm-hmm. really just making making a go of it in london um and then i actually no the cut you're you're right in saying that it would be the reason i'm here in some ways because my manager my current manager Mm -hmm. here peter is just wonderful person he he saw the cut Mm -hmm. and got in touch with my british agent at the time and said uh you know i you know i've seen matt on the show is he potentially interested in working here and and then mark my old agent said like yeah um, you know, he's a citizen as well. So people say, like, oh, great, okay, I'll start sending scripts. So then Peter would send these scripts. And, like, one of the first scripts I got was The Hunger Games. Um, okay. So I was auditioning for that from England. I had no idea what it was at the time. I was just like, oh, some American project. Okay. I did a self-tape for it. Can you tell us what part you auditioned for? Um, or Peter. You... Okay. And I did a couple... I did, like, a few tapes for them. I mm-hmm. think they... they I did, like... I did one, and then I think they liked it, or but my accent wasn't very good so right. they said like can you try again but just just fix your accent like we liked it but make sure you sound american properly right. so i did it again and they're like okay cool and they gave me more notes so i think i did like three tapes for the hunger oh. games um but i at the time like i really didn't know what it was i knew mm-hmm. it was a film i just didn't know you know obviously how big it was going to be but um but you know it was, it was scripts like that like it was really you know big films and 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 tv shows and all this stuff over here that i was so unaware of mm-hmm. Um, that Peter was just kind of sending to me and then I think it, it gained a bit of momentum like the tapes I was sending from the UK uh-huh. um, before coming out here um, I guess some people like them you know so when I when I came out I did a film in South Africa for a couple months mm-hmm. um, the dinosaur project like a like a dino movie it was fun um, but I came right away after that to see some family I've got a lot of family in California okay. and um I met with Peter, with my manager, and he said, just stay, you know, stay for a couple of weeks extra and we'll put some meetings, you know, and we'll right. just kind of see what happens. And I just, you know, I took his advice and went for it. And I just thought, you know, right now there's an opportunity to try it out. So I did. Um, and I was incredibly busy. Like there were two weeks of just like three meetings a day with all the studios and all the casting right. directors, like all these wonderful casting directors and like um, a bubble just flew out. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Um, yeah, like... It's magic. <laughs> magic. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, 
So I just met all these people and it was like a whirlwind of activity and I couldn't believe it. And then I went back to England after two weeks and just uh-huh. been like, oh my God, I did, like it was such a blur. Like I didn't know, like I was at like, all these, you know, like Warner Brothers. and Like, right. all the like what's going to come of it? Yeah, I was like, what was that about? Like that was, that was very surreal and exciting. Um, I don't know where it will lead though. And then I went back and, uh, and my girlfriend said to me, you, you have to go back. Like you have to just try this. Like there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. Well, what a good girlfriend. I mean, huh? so, so cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah, to, to encourage me to leave and to try it out here. Is now is she amazing. here now? Yeah. Okay. So here. see? Yeah, I know. It All is out. well that ends well. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it wasn't, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be, I don't think so. Um, yeah, but, but I came back and I, I tried it and, uh, I just enjoyed it and I met some people and then I think momentum just it just kind of picked up and yeah so you happening you've done tv film live theater what's your favorite if you could pick one I know it's probably hard but it's, what do you like more than the other I I really love all of them for very different reasons um truly but I uh I've had a couple experiences on on film sets that have just been a bit just have really like hit something inside me right. like they've really they really kind of gripped me um and i have to say that working on those those films one in particular it just kind of it made me feel so much and it made me, it fulfilled me in such a such an amazing way as a as a person and as an actor and just in every sense and i think that would that it, would that, it happen to be stay then go it is indeed yeah. Okay. So stay then go. That was um, that was my next thing because you know you do play an autistic teen. So mm-hmm. how did you sort of research that? Because it is you know it is something that can either be portrayed the right way or totally the wrong way. Yeah. Um, well, Shelley, Shelley, the director, writer, um, you know, the mind behind all of it. Um, she, uh, you know she wrote the script I think it was the first draft maybe like 10 years ago a long time ago and the script she was just developing for the longest time mm. um, and her son has autism yes. uh, Dietrich and he's he you know her experience with Dietrich I think fueled a lot of her ability to tell the story and stay then go mm-hmm. um, so it's entirely down to her the way she directed me and kind of I, I just trusted what she her notes and what she had to tell me and the way the way that she directed me it was unlike any other way I've been directed it was just it was following it was just following her it was taking her lead and she just knew exactly what to say and I understood and I and I um just interpreted it in the way that I did and I I'm, I think that she liked the way that came across um, I mean I liked the way it came across <laughs> I've oh. only seen the clips that were on the website oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which I stress to any fan of Matt to definitely all I did was Google stay then go um, <laughs> and then you go to the website and they have two or three clips featuring him and it was I mean it, it was probably one of the most unique experiences you've ever had right oh yeah absolutely absolutely um, yeah it was wonderful I mean I can't say enough good things about it it was just yeah it was fantastic I'm very excited for uh people to see it <laughs> do you know when people will be well, able to actually, see it i'm uh, i'm going to minneapolis um very soon in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh for one of the first like public screenings of the, of the film so we're gonna start um traveling around to a bunch of different festivals i think i'm not exactly sure of the strategy but um it's gonna be you know in a lot of different places and then after that i think obviously as as this kind of business goes they're going to figure out what to do with it or what you know who may distribute or or whether it'll be available on you know video on demand or whatever it might i don't really know what will happen with it um but the the process is beginning very soon so yay 
Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of film, um, I have to mention uh, The Last of Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, big stars yeah. you're working with. Yeah. yeah. Susan Sarandon, Dakota Fanning, Kevin Kline. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you know the story of Errol Flynn before you signed on to the project? No. No, I didn't. I'd heard of Errol Flynn, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know anything about Errol Flynn. And um, I learned a huge amount in the build up to the to the to the project. Mm-hmm. And once I was on set with Kevin, I, I learned a huge amount from him. I mean, he was he was just you know just completely submerged, like immersed in this world of of Errol and knew everything about him. And we talk about him a hell of a lot. So we I, I learned a lot about him, and he was a fascinating man. Um, okay. It's crazy. I was looking at yeah. some of the stills from the movie and also the photos that you guys took at TIFF when it premiered. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a great project. How do you fit into the story? So I play uh, Ronnie Shadlow. Uh, Ronnie was Errol Flynn's personal assistant, his right-hand man. Um, and so he kind of saw everything. Yeah, he did. He really did. Yeah. Um, he was a huge fan of Errol, massive fan. Um, loved all his films and was kind of just in awe of Errol Flynn and one day he went to a a hotel in LA Ronnie's from LA Mm -hmm. Um, he went to a hotel where Errol was staying and shooting a film and I think one one evening or morning or something when Errol was coming through the lobby uh, Ronnie was there with a book of memorabilia and and pictures and you know he went up to him and said Errol can you you sign the you know he was really excited to meet his hero and I think Errol said something he saw the, the book and he said something to him like god you seem to know more about me than I do. Maybe you, uh, maybe you want a job. Do you want to be my assistant? Work for me. Imagine yeah. if that was how things were oh nowadays. God. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Scary. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, yeah, but that that's that's what happened. And then uh, obviously Ronnie being this, I think he was sixteen or seventeen mm-hmm. at the time that happened. Uh, that was just that must have been unbelievable for him to be offered that job. You know, after being in love with Errol as, as you know as the movie star for so long to then become so you know so close to him um so he was similar in age to dakota fanning's character yeah very similar he's uh i don't want to give anything away about the film but he he yeah he was very similar in age (laughs) well in the description that i read online yeah um dakota fanning is errol flynn's love interest of sorts teen love interest and i think that's where a lot of the source of conflict may come from yeah um in the film so we'll have to see when that comes out absolutely (laughs) Uh, where did you guys shoot it? We shot in Atlanta. How yeah. was that? It was great. Uh, my mum grew up in Atlanta. She's from Detroit, grew up in Atlanta. Okay. With, and so my grandmother was there. Um, so growing up, I went to Atlanta like maybe once a year. Oh, to so see you my were grandma. home. Yeah, I knew it. Like it was it was very <laughs> weird to be flying over there to shoot something. Um, and I'd like to be familiar with, with the surroundings and to kind of know the city a little bit. Not very well, but a little bit. Um and I love Atlanta. It's awesome. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. Uh, were you able to go to the Toronto premiere of the movie? Uh, yeah, of Robin Hood? Yes. Yes, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I went to Toronto. That um, must have been a whirlwind, huh? Oh, my God. That weekend was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was so strange. I mean, I'd never been to a festival. That's my first festival. And it's a big one. It's like well, a congrats. Very... Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, it was a big festival to go to. And, like, the the actors there and the filmmakers and the every you know everyone who is there is just like the cream of the crop like really right. the films that were premiering like 12 years a slave and like all these i mean just amazing films were there um 
and ours was alongside them and that was that was kind of an exciting thing to be there as as part of that um at the same time as all of these phenomenal you know craftsmen and women it was it was amazing um, uh so speaking of the amazing people that you're with at mm-hmm. tiff uh is there any specific actor that inspired you along the way um somebody that you look up to in general mm-hmm. there's there are so many um I think it kind of goes a lot of people would say uh and i'm one of them daniel day lewis i mm-hmm. think is just amazing i've always loved so transformative yeah and just everything he does is like he's just yeah he's just yeah amazing i don't know i love daniel day lewis um uh kevin actually did a huge amount to inspire me on set like we really we we got on very well very well and i think he appreciated and liked the fact that that i was a young uh British actor who had done some theatre and we we talked a bit about Shakespeare Mm. he actually caught me off guard Um, like the first day we were getting to know each other he asked me what Shakespeare I'd done and um, I said that I I was in Twelfth Night Uh and I played Antonio and he said oh Antonio and then he started the scene like you know off the top of his head with with, I I can't remember what the other character was but just like expecting me to know all of Antonio's lines and remember them and I wish I could have. That would have been amazing, oh like to gosh. kind of just to just be like, oh yeah, yeah, blah, blah, and, you know, go into it. I couldn't remember. I think we we actually we adapted it when I did it, uh-huh. so it was a little bit different. Right. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, that kind of that kind of skill and like the knowledge to know just any kind of Shakespeare play, uh, many many Shakespeare plays, and just know scenes and know characters and know right. that's amazing. Like to remember all of that. Um, so yeah, I I think spending time with him and we we had many discussions about. Um, about acting and about his career and he had a lot of questions for me and he had a lot of kind of indirect advice he would never sort of sit me down and say you need to you know this is what you should do like it was never and I never really asked I didn't want to be that guy who sort of you know just asked for one specific bit of advice because it was nice that we had a you know a little over a month I think to just spend time together and to kind of get to know him on set um so I I just I learned a huge amount from him that's great yeah uh as far as a role that you have admired somebody else do, yeah. um, whether it be TV, film. Have you ever watched something and thought, you know, I just kind of want to place myself in this? Mm. Um, yeah, I've, I have. Met, so often I do that. Like, I'll go see films and, uh, you know, frequently, you know, wonder if I could have done that or how I would have done that mm. and just kind of... Uh, I just saw the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, Seeing so, it this weekend. So good. So good. It's actually it's my favorite of his films. Everyone sure. is saying that it's the it's the most Wes Anderson-y Wes Anderson film ever. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. It really it is um, symmetrical almost all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's wonderful. I don't think there was any there wasn't necessarily a role in that. Maybe when I'm older, you know, what maybe play what Jude Law did in that film, sort of that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's that's that's tough. I I, I watch so many things and kind of try and wonder if i could you know transform into that that character um but that's what's kind of cool about acting and when, when people are cast and when people do what they do with their material it's so unique and you know you're never going to be able to do what they did and nor should you you know it's something that's that's special about it uh so today i tweeted your amazing fans yeah. um and since i only have a few more minutes with you i wanted to get in some fan questions because okay. i told them to watch um so uh let's see since you already answered some of these questions. Yeah, I try I, I, I try and answer a lot of I them. know, you're on it. Yeah. You're on the it. social media game. Okay, so at SayXK asked what your favorite part of the day on set is. Hmm. 
depending on what set, sometimes and how I feel, lunchtime is a wonderful time <laughs> on set because I love food on set. It's amazing. You get like, oh, just like so much going on. So um, if I'm ever looking for you, you'll, you'll be at Crafty. I'll be at Crafty. No, yeah. No, my, my, my real is the very start of the day when I'm kind of nervous about the day ahead and you just, you're really on edge and that's kind of, that's what drives you and I think gives you the energy mm-hmm. um, to kind of push through the day. And, uh, Alexandra asked, uh, are we going to see Matt on our screen anytime soon? I miss that bloody talented human being. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, well, these films, um, soon, soon. I don't have a date. Um, I'm sure you'll let the fans know. I'm going to let everyone know. Yeah, I'll yeah. keep you well in the loop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Kaylee wanted to know uh, what your favorite way to procrastinate is. What's your favorite way of putting things off? Hmm. I have so many ways of doing that. <laughs> I, I, My days are just like filled with me doing pointless errands, not real errands, like walking from the bedroom to the kitchen really slowly and how like, many steps did i just how take? many steps and then like <laughs> pouring multiple glass i think drinking water because then i end up like drinking far too much and having to pee all day more yeah. activities so to yeah do. probably I, maybe that but that's maybe a good one actually okay. drinking drinking too much water <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um anna beatrice wants to know if you have a lucky charm yeah Literally. Ooh, okay. Have one little lucky charm there. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Special, special. Mm-hmm. Um, so my final question to you, sir. Um, do you have any advice for somebody that wants to do what you do? Um, I think just persevere and, and, and constantly go for it and know that if you just really believe in what you're doing and, and, uh, and, you know enjoy it enjoy everything you do that's 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 all you can do really i think that it's a very long game it's a marathon not a sprint and that's an expression i really like because mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's a it's a strange it's a strange career and everyone's journey is entirely different entirely um so i think just find find something that works for you and find like something local and then see where that takes you because you never know where it could you know um and just and just stick to it and just know that it might be a while but you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the whole process like enjoy every part of the journey not just the end game you know it's about every step well ladies and gents i think that is some sound advice from our wise actor <laughs> um i want to thank matt again for being here today uh where can the fans find you on social media uh on twitter i'm at matt kane uk uh instagram also at matt kane uk and then i have a facebook um just Matt Kane on Facebook and then there's there's like some fan uh, Twitters as well I think official Matt Kane fans is one of them as well but I don't control that <laughs> but yeah. perfect yeah. Uh, well once again my name is Jillian Leff you can find me on Twitter at Jillian Leff on Instagram at Jilly Leff or my website JillianLeff.com thanks for, thanks for being here thank you very appreciate much appreciate it yeah, no bye problem. guys from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV Buzz you later The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 